0: Welcome to Lessons That Last, where a researcher and a teacher talk about what it means to make a lasting impact on students' lives. They unpack the stories former students shared about their memorable teachers and discuss how we can all make a greater impact on the people in our lives. Here's Julie and Laura.
1: Hello, and welcome back to the Lessons That Last podcast. I'm Julie Hassan, professor, researcher,
0: and with me is my teacher, Bestie. Laura Estes-Swilly, teacher, writer, and really eager to get back in the classroom. So it's kids kids about to come, back to school time. Uh, For me, tomorrow. 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 Yeah, I won't sing it. Don't sing it. (laughs) (laughs) We don't know. Neither of us are going to sing it.
1: (laughs) Oh, it's so exciting. So we're past the stage of like... Physical classroom preparation. I mean, it is what it's going to be. Correct. And kind of on the classroom culture building. So what are you thinking about in terms of building your culture this year? So,
0: yesterday, we had open house. And I'll be honest, this has been a really rough beginning of the year. A lot of people have have talked about that in my school and in my district. It's been a rough start Mm -hmm. and having kids in the building and walking in the room and talking to them just was what I needed. That was it. I'm good. I know what I'm supposed to do. And I felt like in a weird way, we started building community yesterday already. Already, So welcoming them, being clear with them, being honest with them. And that's one of the things I don't, I, I think it takes different shapes in different classrooms, but my students always tell me how much they appreciate that I'm honest with them. Um, if I can't talk about something, I will tell them I can't talk about that. I'm not able to answer that question. You should talk to this person. But most of the time, I'm able to answer their questions, and I'm very honest. And we started yesterday on an honest foot, Um, really clear communication, and lots of excitement and eagerness. I showed them how excited I am that they're there, and it was real because... I'm so glad they're coming. I can't wait to meet them all tomorrow for real, for real.
1: It's the good thing about teaching that whatever else is going on, we Mm -hmm. can't think about all the other things when our kids are in the room. I've been working with some beginning teachers in a series of seminars. And it's funny you say that because we were talking about the research on building trust with kids. Mm And Shannon Moran and Hoy are the two researchers that for decades have studied trust in schools. They're from North Carolina. And they have these components of trust. And one of them is transparency. Mm -hmm. So giving them the rationale when you can, telling them that you can't when you can't. But um, we talk through trust. And one of the things we talked about was reliability. And for the beginning teachers they think of that as like follow through and doing what you say you're going to do. But so much of the reliability and trust is being predictable, like emotionally yeah. predictable. Mm-hmm. And I think our beginning teachers don't always think about reliability in that way. Like, can I predict after a little while how
0: my teacher likely to respond to Exactly. Things? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um- <clears throat> I think that is important and that sort of even keel, they really, really need it. And I think, especially for secondary teachers, um, we lose sight of all of the things kids are asked to do every day and all of the things are going through in between our classes and the hat changes and the vocabulary changes and the rule changes from room to room, to room, to room. and. They need to see my face and immediately know who I am, what's happening, what I expect, and how I'm going to react to whatever they're bringing in the room. Um, so their, their life is already so unpredictable with the, all of the constant changing. They can't take another wild ride. Right. They, yeah.
1: And we know, especially for kids who've experienced any kind of trauma or who are dealing with the after effects of a difficult or um, really negative situation, that that predictability is super important. And like, maybe for all of us, like post COVID, (laughs) having been through that trauma, that a little bit of kind of predictability and just knowing what's what in this classroom, like the routine, not to the point where it's dull, but just to the point where it's predictable.
0: And it's stable. It's about stability. Um, And we all crave that. Even, Even those of us like me who are a little like, oh, let's try something crazy. I need stability to be able to do that. I can't try all the things if I don't have a really stable foundation. And if we just for a minute And this might be hard for beginning teachers because they haven't spent a lot of time on this side of the classroom. But if we, for a minute, step back and think about how we crave stability from our school leaders
1: and our district
0: leaders, and even our state leaders, it it makes perfect sense that our students need this from us. And I know
1: you've worked for a principal. I have worked for just one like most of the principals i've worked for have been amazing but who emotionally was like high and low and you just never really knew which one you're going to get it does make you feel like you're not steady on your feet right right and and if a problem comes
0: it makes it
1: just exacerbates anything it does
0: because you don't always feel safe coming with a problem. So if you're having a complication, even in my classroom, if you're worried about a uh, an assignment or you're unclear on a concept or you're struggling with the reading, you might not feel safe coming to me if I don't give you that stability. And I think sometimes we, we think of stability like father knows best, kind of boring, um, but I don't think that my classroom is boring ever. Maybe like on a day we have to do some sort of testing or something. Other than that, I don't like quiet, quiet classroom. I don't like a a boring classroom because then I'm bored. But you always know what you're going to get with me.
1: And I've heard, you know, in all the hundreds of people who've talked to me about their teachers, so often I hear like this one simple phrase, always happy to see us. Yes. Like, which is that kind of sweet predictability mm-hmm. eyes light up whatever else is going on like just happy to see you and I talked with the beginning teachers about that but we also talked about this notion of benevolence so do kids believe we have their best interest at heart even yes. when they don't like an assignment or a decision that we've made or a consequence they can accept it if they think we're benevolent And I love that, that other phrase that people use so often. My teacher had my back. Yes. Yeah. Always on my side, always rooting for me. So how do you, because it's not what we say that tells them that, how
0: do you think kids make that inference about us? I think that we have talked about a lot and we know they are always watching and they're not just watching us for our instruction, they're watching our facial expressions, the little twitch under the eye that is our giveaway. They're watching absolutely everything. And as they see us being kind and caring about anyone in that community, they say, oh, this is a kind and caring person. It might not have been me this time. It might have been you that my teacher was really caring about, but I saw it. I'm watching. And I now believe that the teacher has it within him or her. And that's where, you know, being stable comes from. Everybody gets the same. Everybody is treated equally and it builds like compound. Oh, I've seen it with Julie and I saw it with Bobby and I saw it with Michael. And so I know I can come to this teacher as well because she or he is always caring mm-hmm. um so i don't know i think it's just you you take the first chance you get to mm-hmm. be that kind caring adult in the room and then it just builds from there because they start to trust you as soon as they see you are trustworthy and it's always about the choices like
1: they make so many inferences based on the choices mm-hmm. what we put on the classroom wall what yes some <laughs> kinds of assignments we give feedback we give
0: the way we lead a discussion all of those things um, if we laugh when something is funny rather than get upset that someone was being silly um, I, I actually tomorrow one of my lead activities for one of my classes is a sort of read the room activity. Instead of going over the course information and the grading policies and blah, 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 I'm going to give it to them. And then they and a partner will go over that information and then also read the room, when you walk in and you see the way the room is put together, when you look at what's on the walls, when you look at what's on my desk, when you see these are all of my priorities laid out for you, but I think they forget that. So having them look at it, and then we're going to talk about what, well, what did you infer? What do you know? And we will there on the first day start building that trust because your group might see something different than my group but because you say it out loud i'm going to see it too and then automatically we start to build the trust
1: i love that and you picked this story for this week and the story you picked makes me think about that activity how we make choices about what goes in our classrooms and what that says about us and this story is not high school it's fifth grade It's Pilar's story about Mrs. Clifton.
0: Yes. So would you, Laura, share that story? I will. I loved being in Mrs. Clifton's fifth grade class because she made us feel like a family. She was not just focused on our academic skills. She was also concerned with our well-being and relationships. We had a class meeting every morning in which we talked about who was struggling, who needed support, and how we could help each other. I remember a bulletin board in our classroom where we could give a note or take a note. Our teacher put a basket of post-its and markers by the board and we were invited to write a positive message to stick on the board. If we were having a hard time, we could take a positive message from the board. There were so many small practices and daily routines that contributed to the classroom culture. Looking back, I see how much thought Mrs. Clifton put into those things. I'm so grateful to have spent a year in that loving and supportive environment.
1: Oh, Mrs. Clifton. Mrs. Clifton. I want to go hang out. I know. In that chair in there. Yes. That's
0: (laughs) why I um, picked this story. After we um, finished our last podcast, I immediately started looking for something about building community or building culture. And I was like, golly, this is an example If you have created such community in your classroom that we can talk about who's struggling and who needs help and how we're doing all together, that's like a master class. (gasps) Mrs. Clifton. A
1: safe place to be vulnerable Mm -hmm. for sure. Yes. Oh, and so sweet. I love that simple bulletin board idea. I would love to see that. in a teacher's lounge or like, couldn't we as adults in education use, use that right now?
0: I think that almost anywhere where a group of people come together, whether it's a church, a business, a school, um, we could use that in our culture today where, you know, sometimes things are so divisive and people sometimes have a little chip, but also we have so many struggles in our society. Wouldn't it be great to walk into the refrigerator um, at the repair shop where you work and see some post its there um, proclaiming what a great mechanic you are? Yes, that would be great. Yeah. And I struggle with this lately with
1: teachers, you know, when I go to do a speaking engagement or a workshop, that balance between acknowledging that it's hard Mm -hmm. and giving some positivity and some hope, you know, it's almost like we can't be blindly positive. No, because that's not trustworthy. Right. It kind of goes back to that same, the beginning of this story when she said, we talked about who was struggling. Mm -hmm. So there, they didn't pretend everything was peachy. (laughs) Right. Right. They acknowledged the struggle, but at the same time found some ways to encourage each other. So it wasn't
0: like that toxic positivity. And I think when you're talking to teachers, you have to acknowledge what's hard. I think you have to, or your, um, like your voice is turned off in their ear because they're not going to hear you because it just says that either you don't know about where I am or you don't care about where I am. If you're not acknowledging it. Right. Or you're just trying to kind of bluster, you know? Right? And then if you, if you think about that, like, my students are just like the rest of us, right? Everyone's students are. They feel the same way. Acknowledge and understand the truth about our situation. And then we will uh, really feel like you care about us.
1: Mm. Yeah. I mean, you're right. That's that's the trust building. It's the credibility building. Yeah. Yeah. It It makes you someone they're willing to... Look to,
0: listen to. And Miss Clifton totally did that. Yeah, she did. I it's so amazing to me because um, as you know, I've never worked outside of a high school in a school. I've worked had other jobs, but I've never set foot in an elementary school classroom as an adult, other than coming to help you or going to like an open house here and there. And I I don't understand fifth graders. They're a little scary to me. And that she could do this with fifth grade is so amazing to me, right? And I'm, you know, fifth grade is is a, enough
1: before middle school that maybe she didn't get too many inappropriate things. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure she had to check it every morning <laughs> get on the board. I'm sure she kept an eye on those Post-Its, you know. Yes. <laughs> because fifth grade's just getting to that middle school point. But the the kind of culture she created made it so they weren't too cool, you know, yeah. for those
0: positive notes. And you have to also let the kids who want to be builders mm-hmm. build. Right? Yeah. So, I had a class last year that was um, I think in the, in the old days, they would call it off the hook. It was crazy in there. <laughs> um, and it was like, all I loved them. They were, they were so awesome, but it was a job every day. And I felt at one point that I just, I didn't think our culture had gel. I, I don't feel the community the way I want to feel the community. So I started doing some new things. And one of them was, um, Hey, let's, let's, ask a question and we're all going to talk about whatever your question is. So like quick, (laughs) short, and you know, they didn't let me down. They didn't say weird stuff because in the end they wanted to be part of the community. They wanted Mm -hmm. us to be successful. And I had a girl who immediately started crafting questions on her phone. Her notes were full of questions because she wanted, she wanted to pose those questions. She wanted people to talk about that stuff. She's a builder, right? Yeah. I have to like hand it over to her sometimes because they're way more interested in her questions than my questions. Um, you know, uh, what's everybody planning to do after graduation? Eh, everybody asks that. Let's hear what she has to say that is coming from one of their own voices. And I'm sure in Ms. Clifton's class, she had to have those those kids as well who yes. were the nurturers, who were the carers, who were
1: posting the post-its and keeping an eye on the Right, or who were saying
0: during that morning meeting, um Billy, don't you want to talk about something?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Billy's like, no, I don't. I do love that. And I, I was, I've been thinking about culture since we've been kind of building up towards back to school and thinking about this story. And one of the things I love about a culture that's been, that's gelling and been together a little while is like an inside joke, you know, when there's something that like just your crew, your class has together. I love that. I I used to um, know a group who had a, a quote board it was just a whiteboard in their space. And if someone said something like hilarious or crazy or something went down, they would write the quote and who yes. said it on the quote board. And it was just funny. And no one else knew what any of those things meant, but they did. And it it was their little inside joke. So I love when those come up in a classroom.
0: You know? I do too. I actually had a class that did almost exactly that. It was a quirky class with some real quirky characters. And when you're studying literature, anything can be said at any time.
1: Right. Um,
0: and there was a running list of all the quirk and it was delightful.
1: <laughs> it's my favorite, maybe cause I'm a little quirky and you well, you love an inside stuff. joke. That is like totally I true. I do. Like if we can laugh together, mm-hmm. That's the best culture builder. Like really, just really laugh. Somebody posted that on, I think I saw it from a teacher on Instagram, maybe on one of those social media sites who said something had come up in the classroom and a kid said something funny and they all just like laughed till they cried for a good couple of minutes and they needed
0: that. And I was like, I love, love that. I can't wait. All of that starts for me tomorrow. Yes. Yeah.
1: So maybe we end it there so you can get some rest for tomorrow and all of our listeners can get prepared for their going back. Mm -hmm. And some of our listeners are already back. Already back. Some have a little bit longer, but that's okay. Mm -hmm. We'll be out before you. (laughs) <laughs> oh, so friends, we wish you some positive energy, some trust and culture building, some inside jokes, and a really, really happy start to your new year.
0: Yes. We'll have catch... a... Sorry. Oh. <gasps> you go you ahead. Go. You go. I was going <laughs> to say have a great week, friends, because I know I'm going to. So that sounds like
1: a good place to end. So we're going to wish everybody some positivity and trust building and culture building, and maybe an inside joke and a great start to the year. Yes. Have a great week
0: friends, because I know I'm going to We'll see you next week on the lessons that last podcast. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us. We hope you will subscribe to the Lessons That Last podcast, wherever you listen. Give us a rating too, which will help other listeners find us. And don't forget to visit chalkandchances.com for more stories. You can also find more information on Julie's research in books. While you're there, take the quiz to find out what kind of memorable teacher you are. I took it and was surprised by what I found. I think you'll find good food for thought. Let us know about your quiz results. We hope you will meet us here each week and bring a friend to share the conversation.